this is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Welcome back to our part two sit down with Vicky Vox. And if you haven't heard part one, you must. Vicky was hungover during our chat and came basically straight from Kelly Osborne's birthday party. So she dishes the dirt about what happened at Kelly's birthday party. We talk about how she knows Kelly back in the day, how they became friends, who she's performed drag for, Leonardo DiCaprio, Eddie Murphy has a whole story about Evan Ross, uh, Miley Cyrus. You have to listen to part one. And now part two of our sit down with Vicky Vox. So, okay, let's go back for a minute. When did mm-hmm. you, well, where are you from originally? I don't even know. Oh, girl, I'm born and raised in New Jersey. Really? South Jersey. Yes, we rep Philly. No and, wonder why I like you. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm a Jersey girl at heart. I love my Jersey girls. We're wild. Um, you just fucking tell it like it is, man. Yeah, I don't have time. Love that. I grew up in Jersey. I lived in Southern California. I lived in Nebraska for a while. Toured the world for a few years. When did you first decide, when did you first do drag? Like, were you young? Uh, that was like 10 years ago. Um, what am I now? So yeah, I was like 26. That, that was it? Just 10 years ago? hmm Oh, wow. Listen, I hit the ground running, apparently. Well, I actually never wanted to be a drag queen. This was not part of the plan. I, I was a session singer and a, um, a studio singer. I had a band. Like, I really thought I was doing the singer-songwriter route. Honey, that's not what happened. That is not what took off. I needed, I needed to be able to buy groceries and stop eating my friend's frozen burritos. So I took a job for $50, and they said, will you do drag? And I said, oh, and never stop working. What was this job like that had nothing to do with drag where they decided for you to do drag? Or they said, we're looking for a drag queen. We'll give you $50. Um, they you- originally, they were, it, was, it was some bar that's no longer there. I think it was called Rain or something. Um, they were, it was originally like a band showcase. And I had my band, we were all ready to go. And then the promoter was like, oh, we can't afford the band. Can you do it to tracks? I was like, sure, great, whatever. About a week before the gig, they contacted me and were like, Ugh. so the whole thing has changed. And it's now a lesbian night, and we would like all the performers to be in drag. Would you host the show in drag? Have you done that before? And I went, uh-huh, because I needed that $50. Mm-hmm. And so and- I, I found me a mumu and some Roth cross-dress with less shoes and called it a day. You just figured it out? Like, you uh-huh. Well, okay, that's great. But how? then where did the name so... Like, how did the name, the name Vicky Vox is from mm. Detox? Like, Detox gave that to you? Or? I found Detox later. Um, so I picked my name. Like, I went through a lot of names. There was Shanita Nibbles. There was Cindy Whopper. You know, it was like Donatella Soul. It was some, like, wild names. Like, I really thought I was being creative. Those are all good. And Vicky is the one I landed on because it wasn't playing into, like, any of the fat jokes. It was, like, an actual person's name. And I felt like I could make this an actual, like, character. Because at the time, I considered myself, like, more of an actor. 
And Vicky was the classiest, trashiest name I could come up with. I mean, think of all the Vickies that you know. They're I think Memphis. I know like one. They're organized methods. Let's look at a classic example of a Vicky. The OG of the OC. Vicky goes, meth. But also, you want to love her. Oh, she is so lovable. Right. I mean, uh, uh, yes. I mean, uh, I know Vicky in real life now. Right. So, right, right. but I think before I knew her, I would have thought she was a more of a mess. I'm not saying like she needs to get her act together. She's a mess. Yeah. I'm saying Vicky is usually a bit wild, and you know there's something to a Victoria when they call her Vicky. She's a little bit wild. But now, when you chose your name, you mm-hmm. didn't. You didn't. Like she didn't enter into your mind. No, I don't. I, I wasn't thinking about her. I was actually thinking about several other Victorias that I knew, and there was this one lady from Nebraska who would like chain smoke, and she ran dance studio, and she was kind of abrasive. She's kind of abrasive, and I knew that I really wanted to like be a ball to the wall individual. So I was like, great, I'm here for Vicky, and because I like alliteration, mm-hmm. I think I might have actually chosen my last name first. I really wanted to use Vox as a last name because it's Latin for voice and I was planning on singing. So then I had to find uh, alliteration to go Vox, the Vicky Vox. It was also Vanessa Vox was a thing, all of them. I like it. But yeah, I guess Vicky is a little trashier than a Vanessa. Exactly. Vanessa will be a little sexier. You know, you just hear it. But you want to talk about detox though because she found yes. me. She adopted me because we were working together. Well, one of the first times I auditioned for her, again, I was singing Natural Woman, rolling around on the floor, and she took off her shoe and hit me, like, threw it while I was performing at me. And we had been friends ever since. She basically said, you are going to be in my show. Any show I have, you're going to be there. And we hit it off. We hung out, like, every day. Went to some wild parties. Um, we ended up at a warehouse party downtown in LA somewhere. And the two of us split up. Mind you, there was like art installations. There was like a giant TV, a giant tree inside the building. It was nuts. Split up, came back together. We had all kinds of, um, let's call them party favors. And we saw each other and we're like, look what I have. She said, look what I have. And it was like drinks and all the things. And we're like, oh, okay. So we went up to sit on this rooftop bonfire. What are all the things? You know, probably like some joints and some pills. Was it pills? I wasn't cocaine at the time. I Just like that. Was, I don't remember what I had. She'll remember it because she remembers things like that. I just remember it was like we came back together and had like cups and things in our hands and neither one of us could like actually hold it because we had enough for both of us. But like we had done it separately. So we both collected enough things for both of us. But we had enough of more than we were. Sitting at the top on the rooftop bonfire, there was no seat. And I looked around at everyone. And mind you, Detox and I are in full high horror drag. And I said, oh, hell no. Hold this. I hold my shit, D. And I threw myself at her. And I said, I know y'all see us. You see these two drag queens? Somebody's going to get the hell up so we can sit down. Sure enough, two people scurried out of there. And that's when Detox was like, oh, my God, she's my daughter. And we were family ever since. Is that how it works, like, normally when, like, a drag mother, like, is that how it works, a drag mother chooses a drag daughter? It, I mean, it works any kind of way. Like, um, there's people that will follow a drag queen around and, like, basically apprentice them. 
like mentor mentee situation like they'll sit with them as they're painting they'll sit in their sewing room like they'll learn the craft from them but then there's like people like detox who said you're just gonna hang out with me and we're gonna get gigs because uh i'm not supposed to have a child but you're easy i don't have to work on you we can just get you gigs the detox was like this will be easy and you just moved and was this before detox was on rupaul's drag race yes so do you remember, like, when Detox went on to RuPaul's Drag Race? Was that, like, a big thing? Oh, yeah. I almost got her kicked off the show. How? Um, so it was her birthday. And I don't remember how we figured it. We, I found out what hotel they were staying at during filming. And me and Will and Bally decided to go get Detox's favorite beer, Bella Icebox. And we took it. I mean, we're going to leave it as a gift in the hotel for her. We didn't know that these bitches were on lockdown. Like, the doors were taped over like summer camp. So like, if you open the door, the production would know that you tried to leave your room. And like, oh. in order, if they wanted to like get out of the room, they, they passed notes under the door in the hotel. Why? Because it, it was like, what, like a wire next to the door or something? Um, it, it was, they really wanted to keep the girls. Wow. They wanted to keep the girls separated. Yeah. While they weren't filming. But that makes sense. Like, locked down. It was, it was a very strange situation. I also didn't know it was going to be that serious. Like, I wasn't allowed to walk in the hallway. Well, we got clocked by one of the production people, and they chased us out of the hotel. And then they found Detox on set, and they were like, <gasps> bless you. They were like, do you know anything about this? Da, da, da. Like, this, this, it almost, like, ruined her entire standing in the competition. And she had worked so hard to be there. She was furious with us. And we were just trying to do something nice! You just wanted to visit. Yeah, I wanted to be nosy. One of the best things about Detox, though, you know, is her love for the Queen. She loves the Queen Madonna. She sure does. I have started many fights with her over that. Again, about just because I like to be a con- I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order that's 310nutrition.com and use code velvet wait i have another question is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals for me listen i love being the host of the behind the velvet rope podcast but bringing you guys five shows a week tracking down the top bravo liberties to bring you new creative content every day that causes me stress it causes me anxiety i'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship 
So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who's a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. Like, I get it. Madonna works her ass off, but like, I can sing everything Madonna sings. Like, that's not, she's not, that's, let me not judge Madonna because she's doing great. And she's done a lot, but I'm just saying, she's not necessarily the most talented individual. She's talented at hustling and running shit. And that is a skill set I don't have. So I respect her, but I'm not like, oh, this song Madonna sang really moved me. No, it's not happening. And Detox just does not want to hear that. Mm-mm. Nope. So I would say rude things about it. I'd be like, you know, my banana wasn't that great. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? And then she would compare them to Lady Gaga. It was a lot. Well, Detox also, for the last Madame X tour, she got that Polaroid the night she went. Oh, I got the phone call. I got the phone call, the, the, the tear. It never really even happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I would pay a substantial amount of money if I were in the picture with Madonna, but you're not in the picture with her. It's a picture of her. I mean, I I went to the show like 500 million times. That shit went for like thousands of dollars a night. But this, This is what I'm saying. Like, I can't knock Madonna. She's clearly doing something right. I'm over here not doing this, not having her money. So like, let I can shut the hell up, but... I wouldn't charge nobody all that money for a damn pole. Should I tell the real team? Yeah. Um, so sometimes that Polaroid is purchased by the show. It's a fucking plant. What do you mean? There is an envelope of money to make sure that that Polaroid sells for a certain amount. So if there's somebody in the audience who maybe doesn't have enough money to like make the number appear um, impressive. There's an envelope of money to like boost, inflate that number without like, so it's like, it's like petty cash set aside. So they'll literally give it to somebody and say, here's mm-hmm. $10,000. Yeah. $5, $5, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So when this gets publicized tomorrow, we could say it sold for 5,000. So the next show, when yep. someone offers 4,000, we could say we already, mm-hmm. that's below market. Yep. And how do you know all this? Um, I'm not going to say that that's how Detox got her full right. <laughs> but that might be how Detox got her full right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Mind you, Detox had a bunch of coins. They just said, here, hold this in case somebody outbids you. We want you to be able to have it, which I thought was super sweet. Because, you know, it does make more sense if Detox posts that she got it than some non-well-known. Well, this is interesting. So they gave Detox money to buy it. Well, like a cushion, because they really wanted to make, because one of her friends is in the team and was like, we really want you to have this because you are such a big fan. And like she, she had thousands ready to go, by the way. And the production was like, basically, here, have this set aside just to make sure this happens anyway. Because like, what if nobody has money in the audience? We need to have a plan anyway. Because it's show business, ladies and gentlemen. This happens. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the part of the show where this happens. Now, if nobody else is ready, we still need to do this part of the show. So we have this ready to go. Well, it's not as shady as it sounds. And in reality, when it's your friend, when you know that this is going to mean that much to somebody, wouldn't you give them a couple dollars? Yeah. Listen, this is how it works. Also, you can't have it go for $5,000 a night and then have someone buy, pay $700. And just we're in like a cheaper city where no one wants to spend money. Right. And let's face it, the queen ain't going to look in the mirror if the shit's selling for $700 after it's sold right. for 5000 so also, I do want to add something here. Is that interesting? After that whole, all happened with these, she did go to another show and wanted to get another Polaroid. There was another fan there that basically was like, "Please don't buy another one because I really want one." And, you know, another fan. Detox came out of her pocket and gave that woman enough money to purchase it. So it was a very pay-it-forward situation. And yet that night, the production didn't say, "Here's five thousand dollars more Not that for, night. <laughs> for your second Polaroid Detox." Right. But interesting. All I know is I was there one of the first nights in New York. And when that shit was going for like $500, I'm like, this is a bargain. Like tonight's the night to buy this. Tomorrow night, your $1,000. Like this is, it was going for like five to 10 grand after a while. Mm -hmm. You know? Okay. So detox. $5,000 a night. That would be great. I mean, so detox got money to buy it. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, now you love to drag right away when you started doing it. Oh no, I hate drag. I still hate drag. There's something about, I, I hate getting ready and I hate getting out of it. I hate putting makeup on and I hate taking makeup off. When I'm in it, I'm fine. How long does it take to get ready? Uh, it depends on what we're getting ready for. Anywhere from like a half an hour to three hours, depending on what it is. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm really good at 45 minutes. If, there, if, there's, if I'm going to work like to do a, a gig, that face is on and I'm dressed in 45 minutes. Is there like a pressure or like a, in the drag community, is everyone, you know, now like you have to be on RuPaul's Drag Race to make it? Wait, if I were to ask you to name a song by Dolly Parton or Queen, could you answer that in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, you need to play Trivia Star. What about if I asked you for a member of the Beatles or New Kids on the Block? Could you answer that in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, you need to play Trivia Star.
What if I were to ask you to name a movie by John Travolta or Tom Hanks? Can you answer that in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, you need to play Trivia Star. Do you guys know the capital of Canada? How about the country of origin for kebabs? Play Trivia Star now and prove your knowledge. Listen, Trivia Star is perfect for anyone listening to this podcast. It's a free mobile trivia game with over 60 different categories that you get to choose from. Music, TV, animals, and celebrities. Come on. Do we want to talk about anything here behind the velvet rope other than music, TV, and celebrities? But they have over 60 different categories. If you choose the correct answer from the multiple choices and beat the clock, you move on to the next level. It sounds simple, right? But the questions get harder and harder over time. So if you get stuck, don't worry. You get these coins and gems. And you, you use the coins and gems to get hints, and then you can beat that level, and then you can move on. And if you love trivia like I do, honestly, this game, you will get sucked in. This game is amazing. Right now, Trivia Star is offering 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. You get those for free, and that's what you need to do to move on to the next level if you get stuck and you need help. I cannot stop playing this game. It is so addicting. I love the celebrity category. I love the music category. And duh, I love the TV category. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in Apple, in the Apple Store, and it's the number one trivia game on the App Store. So download it today. Challenge yourself. Just go to Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Go to Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. You are going to love this. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. It is so fun. You will be addicted just like I am. Is that like the consensus? I felt that for a while. You did? Absolutely. Yeah, like my drag wasn't valid. Absolutely. That what you didn't have the like master's degree or you didn't have the associate's degree because you didn't go through this rite of passage. And all of that can go to hell because I'm proud of myself. I live on the motherfucking West End and I lost an award to Patti LuPone. You name me another drag queen that was ever nominated in the same award category as Patty LaBone. 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 You're welcome. I was Vicky motherfucking liar. That's right. And when was that again? And what was that for? Um, I was in Little Shop of Horrors. I played the plant. And Patty LaBone was in company. This was maybe two years ago. And this is in London, in West mm-hmm. End? And I was hosting the award show. And I gracefully lost to Patty LaBone. I bowed to her on stage. Did you almost drop dead when you were nominated in the same category as Patti LaPone? I thought it was wild. I was like, come on. <laughs> what is this? What is this? And then the, uh, the company, What's On Stage, it was the What's On Stage Awards. And uh, I was like, so when Patti wins our category, and they were like, but what if you win? And I'm like, I said, girl, if I win, I'm giving Patti the award. This is dumb. Patti is winning this shit. I don't give a damn. I... This is a milestone in my life. To lose an award to Patti LuPone. Come on. That's I'm proud of that. That's something to be proud of. I didn't proud not, of that. That's kind of insane. I mean Mind you, I also hosted the show that I lost the award. So that was wild. So you literally st- did you stand there and read your own category and say mm-hmm. 
And the well, nomination. I didn't, read, I didn't read my category. The other host did. But, but you were on stage. Standing right on stage. And <laughs> oh, biscuit. I'm sorry, biscuit. I was like, <laughs> I know I don't have a dog. Um, and when. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. She's like, gosh. And when Patty came on the stage, like, you bowed. And did she understand? Like, you were, like, she, she got back. it. She bowed. Right wow. Mm-hmm. Did you have any backstage interaction with Pat? Because Miss Patty LePoet has a little bit of a reputation. Um, I could just tell you that she, her energy was so rad. Like, there was like a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We all see what's going on here kind of a situation. Because when you're in like shows, when you're in, like when the show is running, so like an award show, there really isn't conversation time. There's like that we're not saying this, but I'm looking at you and you know what I'm saying right now kind of situation because we're also in front of people and on mic. So like, <laughs> it was that. But she was actually very sweet, very kind. Wow. I really lucked out. I, I have bumped into quite a lot of people who have not been their like maniacal selves that other people say they have been. Who's like one of your worst celebrity run-ins? I'll tell you. What was her name? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know this girl's name, but she was she was a singer. She had red hair. What was her name? Damn red it. hair. Um, the only, I don't remember. I, I wish the I only the only singer with red hair that I can think of is Cindy Whopper, aka Cindy Lauper. Um, she was very Amy Winehouse esque. Huh. She was like a British singer, British pop singer. She had a couple cute hits, and we were doing like some uh, event in like Northern California, like Gay Days at Six Flags situation. And we were performing on like a massive out, outdoor stage. And the green room was a shared green room. Yeah. And there was also a meet and greet. So we were doing our meet and greet. I wish I could remember what this girl's name was. Um, we were doing a meet and greet and then she had a meet and greet following. She pitched a fit because we were sharing a room. And I was really? like, girl, no, I still don't know who this girl's name is. Nobody knows who you are. How I have dare to, you have an attitude? I have to Google singers with like red hair. <laughs> I'm going to find out. Anyone else that was just like someone we know that was just rude where you're just like, girl, get in your lane. You know who's a pain in the ass? Who? Dennis goddamn Rodman. Really? Dennis goddamn Rodman. If he shows up at a show... Hold on, because it's not going to go smoothly for the next hour. You're fucked. Because it's going to be about him. He's going to be obliterated. He's going to steal your microphone. He's going to make a scene. And then he's going to leave. So you just got to ride it out. You mean like at the drag shows? Mm-hmm. He would come to like uh, like the dive bars too. He would just show up. Dennis Rodman, showing up. Don't know why he was there. He doesn't know why he was there. I think it'd be so much fun to party with Dennis Rodman, though. Maybe at one point, but it's definitely, you know how you, you can see somebody when it's like on the fourth day of the render? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like every time I've seen him. Spin. You know who was real fun? Um, Sam Smith was real fun when he would show up places. Was he nice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way shyer than I thought he would be. Was Tara Reed's a good time. She is, right? Oh, she's a good time. Yes. 
she would show up in just rage. She would, I mean, she wouldn't even just, she would like, again, because professional, like what I was talking about with Marilyn Manson, she'd be sitting in the corner and you just knew she was lit because she was holding it together. She was not getting up from where she was sitting. Bitch was lit. Good for her. Has there ever, have, has there ever been like a celebrity who was just so drunk? I mean, like fall down or belligerent, like just so like you don't know how to hold your liquor, ma'am. You know who's like that? Now, I haven't yeah. seen this, but I have heard that this person is like that. Kim Kachuk. I could see that. She apparently is like blackout drunk. Nah. Now, I don't see her. Like, I don't feature this little bitch. But I have heard from many after-hours situations that she doesn't have words together. And she's like falling. And... But good for her. She's young. You can be messy. So now that, you know, you've, it sounds like you're over the, well, first off, I love Little Shop. Let me just say that I think as like, no, it's like as a play, it's one of my favorite stories. The music is great. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not really a Broadway person, but there's certain shows that I just love and Little Shop is one of them. I mean, it's good. There's there's something about it. Um, When we were doing it, because it was written by the same people that wrote The Little Mermaid. So there's like, parts of songs that sound exactly like The Little Mermaid. So there's this, um, there's a song called Somewhere That's Green. And it's yeah. Somewhere That's Green. And it's the same as Part of Your World. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was those kind, that kind of stuff would sneak me and it was very entertaining. It's all about the plant. Audrey and Audrey too are so cute. Mm-hmm. I ran that shit. It's, it's, it's a good... St- I mean, you should have talked to Patti Lapone about like Evita and Madonna. That that would have got her started. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would have talked to Patti Lapone. I was also in my own bubble. I was living and having a good time. Who else was there? I also got to hug Vanessa Redgrave. Is that her name? That's a that's a person. Yeah, I gave her a hug too. Put her head in my tits. That was really great that night. She's British. Yeah, royalty. Um. So you feel like there's no pressure anymore on yourself to have been on Drag Race? And like, oh, not at all. I, have, I don't have anything to prove. Not at this point. Do you think like other queens coming up, is it all about like, when could I get on Drag Race? Or is that just a misconception? I'm sorry, you froze. My internet connection was unstable. Oh, oh sorry. No, I was going to say like, is there like with other queens coming up, like is there this pressure, like when could I be on Drag Race or that's like, I'm overstating that. Um, there are actually, there's actually a whole, this is gonna sound weird, a whole crop of drag queens that grew up seeing Drag Race as like the ultimate. So their entire learning, their entire skill set is just to prepare them for Drag Race. I don't come from that world. I come from like, I want to perform. I don't, I'll do it on TV. I'll do it on an iPhone. I don't give a damn, but I'm going to perform. Whereas like, they're really good at social media and they're really good at like sound bikes that don't really have depth, but it's character. And they learned how to produce themselves from the age of 15. It's It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would think. I would think that they new generation like i would just think if you're a younger queen you grew up thinking like you have to go to drag race like that's Mm -hmm. what you are preparing for Mm -hmm. 
And then you get like the old queens, the older queens like Lady Bunny and like the originals that are just like, all right, you could have a life without drag queen, without drag queen. Absolutely can have a life. You just have to be willing to work harder. Yeah. The easy money of like the, because you're known, you have a broader reach to sell your shit. And right, the people that now have that reach have been gifted that platform, do not have the same hustle as like the old veterans. And I don't mean old as in like dated. I mean, people that have made a career out, a lifelong career out of this, they don't have the same hustle. Like, and you can look at it in like all of showbiz. So like the era of a club after club after club after club, film set, club after club after club. Like that was the way you did it. Like everybody was on barbiturates and uppers and downers to keep them going. And that life was not sustainable, but they had that hustle. And then somewhere along the way, people were like, I don't have to work that hard. So I feel like for me, I'm trying to find the middle ground where it's like, I have the hustle. I learned how to do the hustle, sleep on airplanes, call it a day. But then I also don't want to wear myself out like that because then I'm not giving 100%. Mind you, I'm giving 100% because if I have 50% and I give you 100% of 50%, that's still 100%. But it's exhausting. It's, listen, I would imagine being a drag queen is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always just wonder, like just the outfits and the makeup and just all of it is, that exhausts me just thinking about it. I mean, you're doing many jobs. You're a stylist, your wigs, your wardrobe, your makeup. You're also doing um, stage direction. Right. You're a producer too. You're You're a a producer. Yeah. You you have, you wear so many hats that when I work with like a larger cast or like on a, a, a set of a show or like a movie kind of a situation, it's weird for me because I have to give away my control. Like I don't get to put my wig on by myself because there's like liability issues. Really? So when a drag queen's on a movie, you can't put on your own wig? Uh, well, the wig situation was uh, for the West End. I couldn't huh. put my own wig on. Oh, wow. I couldn't dress myself either. Well, I just physically couldn't dress myself. But Isn't that nice though? Like star treatment. You would think, but like I'm very particular. Like I have my ways to get dressed. And when I have somebody in the room trying to help me get dressed, now I feel crazy because all my flexing and fidgeting is being witnessed. You know, all your neuroses is on display. Yeah. What about, like, have you ever met RuPaul? I don't know. I might have crossed paths. I actually, I was, I crossed paths with RuPaul at one of the premiere parties. This was, again, I'm, I'm a stunt queen and I don't even know it. I wore underwear and a Snuggie to that season premiere party. Okay. In public. And walked right in front of RuPaul and was like, hey, girl. <laughs> and did RuPaul uh, say? Like full suit. All these queens are in like high whore, glitter, sequins, feathers, boas. And I'm like in the Snuggie and underwear in the middle of the club. Like what? The underwear was outside the Snuggie? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I had nice. the Snuggie on like a robe. I basically wore a robe to the club. Okay, well, that's nice. I'm so special. 
What? No, I mean, I love it. What is like, are you friends with any of the queens besides Detox that like have been on RuPaul's Drag Race? Like, do you have any? Quite a few. Like, who are some of your drag friends that we would know? Your close circle. Well, in LA, it's actually a very tight-knit family. So you have Mayhem Miller, Raja, old Chad Michael. You have Delta work. Who else works on the show? Sonique is like a sister to me. Angina. Mm, I like Angina. Jamie Brown is a wild one. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. I don't even know who lives here anymore. Do you think like the New York and the LA girls have a leg up on Drag Race? Um, I think they just have a leg. Um, okay, I wouldn't say a leg up, but re- drag is very regional. And that's with most things. Food is regional. And even performance styles, LA and drag represent their cities the same way you think they would represent their, their city. New York drag is very for the back of the house. It's very staged. It's out there. Where LA drag is very film and TV driven. So like, come look at me. I'm over here. It's, 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 the energy is different. Really? You see a difference between New York and LA drag? Oh, yeah. And the best drag queens know how to adapt to the situation and use both of those techniques and styles. And what LA drag is more about, like, look at me and like, maybe I'm going to be on film and TV and New York drag is what, like, let's be over the top in performance or am I just making yeah. that up? No, that's, that's kind of what it is. It's like uh, stage and screen. So like the screen is nuance, subtlety. Whereas the stage is you have to put the energy to the back of the house. Everybody needs to feel what you're feeling. So like it's the, it's the difference between putting yourself out there for people to pick it up and enjoy and putting yourself in a position for people to come worship you where it's the same, you get the same result. It's just a different way of achieving it. That makes sense. Now let's talk about your love of the housewives. Cause I know that when I was on your podcast, the oh, doing, yeah. the doing great with Vicky Vox podcast, which yeah. thank, thank you for having me. It was a good time. I thought I was just coming on to have a nice little chat with you. And the next thing I knew, we have a card reading. Yeah. It's really fun. I like it because that way I don't have to prepare any questions. Listen, I mean, I, who, who doesn't want their cards read? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get my cards read every day. Um, so when did your, like, you just loved Housewives right from the beginning? I think I did. Really? Well, I think I've, I've always loved reality TV. Like, you, real world back in the day, I loved. Um, what else? All of them. You name it, I've watched it. Like Laguna I, Beach, The Hills. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Um, I've even, like, what is it? I was on The Hills. You were? Oh, yes. I've been on quite a few. You're in L.A. It happened. I know, but The Hills is like, I just sat down with three people from The Hills. Best, best show ever. Literally the best show that's possibly ever existed. Was it the hills? It was Heidi, Heidi, my dog? Yeah, Heidi and Spencer. That's the hills. Because mm-hmm. she, was, she was at my job for her bachelorette party. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to Google this now. Yeah. I was hosting for it. And Who doesn't love Heidi? She's, again, very sweet. But also, I feel like people are intimidated by me, so they might not be in full sound. 
they're like, I mean, I could see you like, especially when you're in drag. Like, listen, I feel people are nice to the drag queens always, don't you think? Or no, is that just a misconception? Um, and people again, and people flirt with the drag queens. Like, don't all the cute um, boys flirt with you? Yeah. The so that's got to be I'm nice. I'm not allowed to flirt back because I end up with husbands. Mm. Even if the husband already has a wife. So I have to be very careful. Like Gerard Butler. Exactly. What is your, so what are your, like, what's your favorite Real Housewife franchise? Oh, that's such a good question. Like, such a good it's question. It's hard. Like, each one has different moments. Like, if we're going for, like, full glamour camp, it's Beverly Hills. But if you want, like, drama of it all, you're talking about Jersey. And then if you want, like... Okay, so... Atlanta, if you want alcoholism and falling down New York City... Absolutely, 100%. Which I say with, with pride. I, I love them. Um, Atlanta used to be, like, the shadiest bitches, like, so it was the most fun that way. Not necessarily that anymore. It's finding itself again, and it has moved over to Potomac because you got Karen, and you have, oh, um, is her name Giselle? Yeah. Uh, they, listen, it takes a certain woman to go, I can't stand you. But we can kiki. We can throw jokes at each other, and it's no longer personal because we have an understanding. Like, those two are never going to be best friends. That's how I would be if I were hired by the housewives. Like, you look at, like, a Luann. Like, Luann really kind of stays out of it. I would be like, give me my fucking check. Direct deposit it into my account. And here we have another season. Let's go. And I don't care. You can say anything about me until the cows come home just please that check needs to clear and once it does and you're in season fucking 12 that's like almost at seven figures sweetie so yeah like you get up like the like need like sonia ramona Mm -hmm. luann like they're i mean i'm i don't work for bravo but i'm telling you it's like seven eight nine that's what it them. starts with. Good for Like, them. we're up there. I think I will always love the OC because it did start it all. But it's one of the ones that's, like, ever-evolving. It's and going it's through not- an interesting phase now, isn't it? Yes. You know what's really funny? Have you ever, like, gone back to look at the first season? Okay, so I just sat down with lots of first-season OC people. So because of that... With Joe and all of them? I sat down with Joe. I sat mm-hmm. down with Gina Keogh. I sat down with Miss Gumbleson. We got a lot coming here. I'm behind the velvet robe. And I'm so excited. I just shut up because I was like, oh. Yeah, I know. Like, listen, you'll, you know what it is. I don't want to spoil anything should they come out probably, but you could just, I don't know how, I don't know how you feel being a fellow podcast host, mm. but I feel you can, listen, it's three categories. Sometimes I'm like, this is going to be amazing. You sit down mm. with the person, you're like, that was fucking amazing. Just mm-hmm. what I expected. Other times you are so excited and you're like, that fell so short. That fell so short. And then other times I'm like, eh, I, I'm, I'm prepared. I, I don't just do a show without preparing, but I'm like, I don't really need to prepare because I don't give a fuck. This is such like, a, you know, a D-list show. And you're like, that guest was so fucking great. I, 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 like, I am eating my words. 
I am so sorry. So I've had mixed experiences with all the OC people. That's all I'm going to say. I don't need to name any names. Right. But some were just, one in particular, I was like, oh, this is awful. Mm -hmm. But, you know. And then others, you're just like, this was just a pleasant experience. Right. Oh, you know, I forgot to message Carlson for you. I will do that. Um, So you basically in your little, the three category situation. Yes. You nailed how I feel about, well, like somebody's first season on The Housewives. It's also like how I feel about like um, the voice contestant or so like there are three categories. You either come up to the stage and audition looking like you might be mediocre and you are mediocre. You're perfectly good. You are a big fish in a small pond but that's not going to be the ticket. And then there's the ones who look crazy. And you're like, oh, this might surprise us. And it might. And it might really go off the rails and it might be exciting. Or it might be a complete letdown. Yes. Then you have the ones who you're like, this is going to be just fine. And they look kind of ho-hum. But then these are the ones that producers like will dress up as the season goes along, and then all of a sudden they started like um, they started like Denise Richards, and they end up like Erica Jane. Yeah, right. Those are always the stars, where the, the talent just hasn't been like. Well, fostered. look at like Carrie Underwood. I mean, she's right. drop dead gorgeous. That, uh-huh, they dressed her down and then dressed her up. I was like, ah ha ha! I'm here for it. She's like a runway model. She's like. She's got her good fashions. Yeah, okay, I'm sure she has a stylist and a whole fucking team, but like, look at where she started. She didn't even know what Calamari was. Or maybe that was Kelly Pickler. I can't remember, but it was one of them. I mean, yes, that's Idol, not the voice. Did you watch that? Yeah, it was cute. But, you know, I get it. What do you think? How do you feel about Kathy Hilton joining as a friend Beverly Hills? Miss Kathy Hilton. Kathy Hilton is wild. I don't think anybody is ready for Kathy Hilton. Whatever you think about Kathy, don't. Don't think it. Let her show you who she is. She is a woman. That is a woman. She knows what she's about. She's living her life. I have bumped into her several times. One time was after a, a party. I was walking home down the street. She was in the car. She was honking the, the, the car, hanging out the window. And I, was, I have no idea what she said, but I knew she was yelling at me. She's a good time. I, I, I would... Let go of any expectations you have of Kathy Hilton because I guarantee you she is going to do it her own way. And like the drama that's gonna, with you know, listen, something's gonna come out about family drama. I mean, oh, the absolutely. producers will, you know, they'll pull it out again. But also, here's the thing I, from what I have witnessed living in LA, I would know better than to try to overproduce Kathy Hilton. I, I would not. If I was her story producer, I would not plant stuff. I would not try to Lisa Vanderpump her. I wouldn't throw a magazine in a suitcase and hope she brings it up. No, 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 because she is smarter than that. And she will get your ass, but she will get a legal team. So that's how I feel about that. I take it Lisa Vanderpump is not your favorite. I actually loved Lisa But there came a time when it was like, okay, you know, people come into your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. She was definitely. She's Lisa Vanderpump's not a lifetime for you. 
Not, what about Rena? Or have you started to like kind of fade on Rena? Oh no, I love Lisa Rena because she knows what she's doing. She she knows what she's doing. She knows exactly. She has been Lisa Rena from day one. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the career housewives just know what they're doing. You really don't know until you throw them in. But it's like, well, I talk to a lot of one-hit wonders or two-season wonders, and the story is always the same. Every single one of them has the same story. They're like, I came and I thought I was going to talk about my life and show my life. And I'm like, sweetie, nobody cares about your real life. Nobody. So thank you for sharing your real life. But when, when, when they wanted you to jump off the deep end and you said, but I would never do that in real life and you wouldn't do it. Well, sweetie, that's why you're fired after one year and you got your 60 grand. So just enjoy it. But they don't want that your real life. They want you to know how to do it. Like I always said, if I got cast on a reality show, I would be there for 10 years. I would know exactly what to do. I got it. I don't need any direction. And you can literally wind me up like a fucking church mouse and tell me to go find cheese in the fucking corner. <laughs> and I would do it. And I don't care. Just whatever right, you right. want me to do, I will do. Right. You want me to flip a table? Just tell me what you need right now. I'll do it. Right. Call me what you want. Sling mud. I'm, I don't give a fuck. I just, I don't understand people that get so upset at their castmates. It's like, it's your mm-hmm. job. Just take okay. I need to, I need to go back to Lisa Vanderpump because now that we're talking about it, I realize what it is. The ones that can like, so there is that, that fine line of like, yes, this is reality TV, but we're also putting on a show. And for me, Lisa Vanderpump never lets the audience see her vulnerable. So like Lisa Rinna will give you a single tear. Lisa Vanderpump can't be like, I'm sorry. So the that one really got to me. Like you just can't admit that you're human. Like the point of reality TV is for people to relate to you. Like, girl. Well, I think that's why a lot, but so but you don't have an issue with Erica Jane, or you have the same issue with Erica. Oh, I don't have the same issue with Erica Jane because she is very clear about who she is, and she does have moments where like she goes to visit grave sites. You know, she wrote an entire book about her life, which I did listen to. Didn't read it, but I listened to it. And we all listened to it. We've had very, we've had her her co-author Brian Moylan on this very podcast. Jealous and love that. Love it. She's very honest in that book that like she went through the struggle and she's clear about that. Like, no, she's not going to be a broke down damsel in distress now because she's gotten through it. Whereas I feel like no. I, I do love Lisa Vanderpump. I just feel like she never let people see her struggling. That's fair enough. I think that's a lot of people's criticism. Everyone on this podcast thinks I always come for Lisa Vanderpump and Erica Jane. I don't come for anyone. Right. I, invi- I, I invite guests on and I listen to what they have to say. I have no agenda against anyone. I will say this about Erica Jane. I did talk shit about her before she was ever on the Housewives. I did. I did. Because th- there was a consensus over here in L.A., that she that she's the best drag queen that's ever existed well that and we would get mad at her for coming to like perform in our clubs like what is this middle-aged woman doing get her off the stage <laughs> but then i fell in love with her oh. she does work her ass off so i had to have her did you see the last year pretty the 2018 pretty mess tour 
it, it made a few stops and one of them was like, well, let me just tell you something. As any, there's not one gay man that exists in the world that should not have been in that establishment. It is the best experience. I think women enjoyed it too, but mm -hmm. there's no gay man that, I mean, it was just a gift from all above. There was patting the puss and expense. There was just, oh, and the backup dancers, honey. Oh, listen, just because you have backup dancers, they're not always cute. A lot of people like need to go through and like reshuffle their choices. Erica is like literally every single one of them was like so hot. And she made sure they were living for her in the performance. Like it was all about bowing down and kissing the ring. And it was just, it was heaven. And it, everyone listening to this needs to go Google and find live streaming of like the pretty mess. It was amazing. I have a question. Yes. Uh, when does Dallas come back on? I need my housewife of Dallas. Probably like, well, Jersey is probably February. Mm -hmm. And I think Dallas is probably going to be January. That's my prediction. Maybe December. That's my prediction. Okay, so I'm soon. Sure. I mean, we're here, guys. December. It's, it's here. Um, what about Miss Kemsley Dorit? That's she my girl. She found her footing. Right? Yeah. I, think, I think Dorit's the MVP of this past season. I think she mm -hmm. won the whole damn season. Mm-hmm. She, she pulled the Luann. She stayed out of the fight. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Dorit I, I is like Right? She has a voice. Mm hmm But also, old uh, PK has found, and I don't, I don't mean this in a condescending way, but he has found his footing as well to like, don't come out your neck. Just be there and be the husband. <laughs> I think, well, that's what I think is so interesting about some of these women. It's like, it is, you know, there's this whole debate that goes on forever. Like, is the housewives misogynistic? And Andy's like laughing and getting rich off all these women hating each other. Mm -hmm. Or is it like women empowerment, you know, in the sense that like these women are stronger than their men, lots of them. Mm -hmm. And so that's nice to see, you know? Yeah. Like uh, PK, just stay in the background, PK, man. Mm -hmm. Did Speak you watch the last episode of Potomac? Karen, Karen and uh, old black Bill Gates, they were talking about that very thing where he yeah. told her, have you thought about the fame and the newfound fortune? Going to your head, and I was like, oh, here we go. I'm like, this is the <laughs> Grand Dom. I mean, the Grand Dom can do whatever she wants, honey. Right. Karen is my favorite. I've met them all. Karen is my favorite part of Potomac. I'm sorry, Giselle. Thank you for coming on Behind the Velvet Rope. I love you. You are gorgeous. You are a great podcast guest when you came out. Karen, it's all about the Grand Dom. Yeah. I love the Grand Dom. Absolutely. She don't play, man. Listen, but, I, I still love Robin for showing up with them pizza boxes. I but you know what? And I've said this before, and I mean this. This isn't just a fa phase. The best Bravo pet in the history is T'Challa. I am ob literally obsessed with T'Challa. I don't want to hear about Jiggy. I don't want to hear about Coco Singer. Mm -mm. To me, life begins and ends with T'Challa Samuels. Literally. Okay, I'm I'm in a similar situation, but my favorite pet is no longer on the air. It was Lily Golicki's dog that ran in circles. That's a good one. That was my favorite. Bravo. That's because <laughs> that's that's a really good one. 
because it didn't have to do anything but try to walk forward and, and that was a struggle and that was just my favorite thing in life <laughs> and i don't even know what's going on with shaz the sunset like mike and paulina i don't know if it's gonna last but mike and paulina are off instagram huh they've taken themselves i mean i don't know I what i have a scar on my leg from that show what do you mean um there i would show you but i'm not you were head. on shaz uh-huh we were again Bravo's really good for those pride floats. And the Shahs had one one year and they booked us to hang out on this big gold boat. Now Reza wasn't even on the pride float. So I was like, what is this? And then I was like, I'm not getting in this actual TV drama. It is what it is. Um, Mike is definitely a party monster. Love it. But anyway, so I was standing on the boat and I wasn't paying attention because I was also drinking. And the boat stopped and Vicky Box did not. And I went <laughs> tumbling down these stairs busting my leg right the hell open. All from being on the Shaw's pride float. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to mind my business, but can't do nothing simple. Do you have any other, like, interactions with Bravo Liberties, you know, like, that you can think of? Uh, Miss Patty, what's her name? Patty Stanger? Uh, that's, 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 oh, that's my girl. Tell me about this. You, you, uh, you, you like, don't have to like her. I'm just, you know. Oh, you know, I, I will say, <coughs> back to you had one of those questions, like, did anybody, like, go, make you go, whoa? Patty made me go, whoa. She was, like, the first person that I experienced in L.A. who was not who they were on camera. Now, I'm not saying that she was a different person. I'm saying, I don't, I don't know her, but now knowing what I know, I would say that she was in her head about some other stuff that was not what was happening in front of her. Like, she just wasn't present. If that makes sense, she was present when the cameras were on. But when the cameras were done rolling, she was not in the room. She was doing her taxes or something. Like Did you, why you saw her like during a filming a Millionaire Matchmaker? We, we were, yeah, we filmed an episode where they were like saying bingo in a bar or something. And we were all sitting at the table and she was great. Cameras were on, rolling, wonderful. Light up the room. The minute the cameras were done, boop, gone. I was like, just also, like to me, that's like the side of a professional. You turn it on, you turn it off. Well, yeah, and like room, you know, from the girls I've had on here from Drag Race, that's how Rue is. Very that. Which I could get it. Like, I mean, especially like RuPaul, like that many seasons in. I don't know. It's it's work, you know. Like, I'm, just, I'm gonna have to bite my tongue on this one. Oh, tell us. No, I mean, listen. I've I've I've. I've heard stories. I mean, Hollywood is the city of illusion. None of it's real. But then you find the, the ones that actually are real. And that, like Kelly Osbourne, who is who she is all the time. Then there's some that are just for the cameras and it's their job. It's not their life. It is their job. So I look at Rue like that's his job. This is not his life. This helps him live his life, if that makes sense. Well, and it helps him live a very good life. Well, that and fracking. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Um, there was an article that said that RuPaul leases out his lands to fracking companies in like Montana or something. He owns acreages and he leases it out for the companies to like dig for oil. Well, that's got to put money in his pocket. She does. I don't know how I feel about that and the environment, but 
you know, everybody they love, so. Seriously. And you're saying RuPaul is one of those who, like, this is a business and you're implying it's not so nice when the cameras are not rolling. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you cannot have a, a tagline, everybody say love, and then have a competition series where people are pitted against each other. It doesn't line up. It's not a supportive show. And you can do a supportive competition series. Have you seen the great British baking show? They support each other. You can do it. It is possible. Do you, is there, I mean, are there a lot of queens that feel that RuPaul is like a sellout? Look, I'll say this. You are not going to make the kind of money that people dream of making without selling out a little bit. You're going to have to make some compromises. You're going to have to give a little bit of your soul to get where you need to go. I'm not here to judge what anybody else has done. You got to do what you got to do for you. And I can't say that if I lived your life, I wouldn't make the exact same choice. That's that's a very well, I mean, I think that kind of says it all. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else here today that we did not discuss that you would like, I like to give people a chance at the end to bring anything up. Yeah, I mean, and everyone does need to go to Doing Great with Vicky Vox. It's a great podcast. But tell me, t- tell me what you were going to say. What would you um, like to discuss that I've not brought up? Well, I just wanted to tell everybody if you still listen to this that uh, I, in this quarantine, I have worked on a little web series about putting on a one woman show with an entire team that I'm working with that is in London. We put together a web series about the work that's happening to make this one woman show happen and the struggle that that is. And Wait. It's coming out, it's going to drop like once a week. It's going to be very cute. Wait, so like it's a one woman show that's ultimately going to be seen somewhere or no, it's all on the internet? It's about the one woman show. Like that's That's fine. That we talk about. It's an idea, but you see like me arguing with the music director or like, having snacks and completely missing a meeting. That, that sounds, and you have all these people have filmed with you? Like over mm-hmm. the, oh wow. We have a very special guest. I would love to tell you about who she is, but I'm not going to do it because it is a surprise. But she is in the show and I'm very, I'll tell you when this thing is up. Okay. Um, I can't believe that she said yes to the project. So I'm very excited. And where can we watch that when it's out? Oh, it's going to be on the YouTube. But you can find me. Find me on all the social medias at the Vicky Box on Twitter, Instagram, thevickybox.com, and I will be posting about it because I think that uh, it's really good for us to share the struggle that we're all going through and have a laugh about it because it's the only way I'm gonna get through it. It sounds like a great idea. Everyone needs to check that out and the podcast and follow you online. You have been just—I mean, this whole Kelly Osbourne birthday party—that—that <laughs> that took. I mean, listen. I, I did not expect that. I expected housewives in drag talk. So right, right. <laughs> thank you for providing more. See, you're going to go in the category of guests where I say I expected good, but we got right. even better. <laughs> so everybody, the one and only amazing Vicky Vox, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, lovely. Bye. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.